welcome to There's More to the Quote. I'm your host, Lauren, and together we will dig into the origins of our culture's most repeated quotes and how they inform the way we relate to ourselves and each other. Thank you for joining me for episode seven of There's More to the Quote. Today, we're discussing two popular quotes from Marilyn Monroe. So I think ever since maybe I was in high school, even during college, uh, especially with the internet, I would say, but even maybe even on any type of items of t-shirts or uh, posters or artwork for your your house, there are Marilyn Monroe quotes everywhere that you can get, right? And Marilyn Monroe just, I mean, it's been a long time since she passed away. And for some reason, people still just love her. Uh, she represents beauty, but also she has like this, it would appear to be this rebellious side based on what the quotes that are attributed to her say. So I decided, you know what? I want to see why she said these quotes, right? And so the first quote we're going to go through is well-behaved women rarely make history. Uh, I've seen this all the time on social media. People like to post it basically, you know, saying you're going to follow the rules. Like you're going to be forgotten. You're going to be forgettable. So while I was researching, you know, when Marilyn Monroe said it, why she said it, I found out that she didn't say it at all. (laughs) So at some point, I don't know who it was. Somebody said that she said this quote and now it's all over artwork and social media memes but she didn't say it. Okay. So let's dig into the history. So the quote came from historian Laurel Thatcher Ulrich in an article that she wrote in American Quarterly in 1976. And the name of the article was Virtuous Women Found. New England Ministerial Literature, 1668 through 1735. It's a very long (laughs) title. So she was discussing the forgotten colonial women colonial white women, obviously. And so in her article where they pulled this quote from, this is what she says. Cotton Mather, and Cotton Mather was a Puritan minister and author, very popular during the colonial times. These virtuous women, he called them hidden ones. They never preached or sat in a deacon's bench. They didn't vote. They didn't go to Harvard. They prayed secretly. They read the Bible at least once a year. She goes on and on about these women. And, you know, all they were trying to do was live right so they could see their Jesus. And they didn't think about trying to be remembered here on earth. And she says they haven't been remembered at all. Then she makes the statement, well-behaved women seldom make history. So that's where the quote comes in. The one I've mostly heard is well-behaved women rarely make history. So just a slight change as many quotes are people change one little word. What she said was well-behaved women seldom make history, but that wasn't the full thing. So it's well-behaved women seldom make history against antinomians and witches. These pious matrons have had a little chance at all. And that's a true statement. How many Salem witch trial um, movies and TV shows. I can think of many that have come out over the years. And so women from that time who weren't following the strict religious rules, if you want to call them, uh, we remember those women. I don't know if we actually remember them, 
specifically by specific names as much as you remember what they represented and being witches and all that stuff. But that's the statement she's making. Now, this quote, this is my opinion, of course. She's not telling women to misbehave. So she didn't say that quote to say, well-behaved women don't make history, so you shouldn't be behaved. But she also isn't saying that women who don't behave, quote unquote, (laughs) are bad either. Uh, She was just trying to find out who are these women in anywhere in literature. Can I find them? Because who they are in the life or the lives that they lived are not well known. So this is what she was trying to find in 1976. So what she found was that you can find these women or a little bit about them and how they lived in three places. So you would find them when they got married. There's a documentation of that. When they gave birth or when they died. And so the most information comes at funerals because you have the obituary, eulogies. I mean, people are talking about how virtuous they were and they followed the rules and all these, you know, great stuff you say about people when they pass away. But what uh, Laurel Thatcher Ulrich found was that the idea that women are supposed to be more pure and better, which I think has no matter if it's the 1600s or if it's today, women are always supposed to be following all the rules. And then if a man messes up, it's her fault. Like the women always have to be pure. But what she found was that in the literature that women were called to be pious and responsible, but the men also were called to be the same, which is interesting. It wasn't just like, oh, if a woman doesn't do well, now the household is ruined because she didn't follow all the rules. They called for men and women to be, it would appear to be equal. Um, And also, interestingly enough, is that several men, especially people like Cotton Mather, they navigated around the very popular, which they're still popular today for some people, this religious, religious, really Paulian, the scripture saying that women shouldn't speak. However, these men would write about how they actually saw value in the writings and the thoughts of women, right? These are these 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 virtuous women, these well-behaved women, they saw value in their thoughts around scripture or Christianity. She didn't actually use the word Christianity anywhere. So I was just like, I don't know if it was like, I mean, I know it's Protestant, but yeah. So to drive the point home about how men thought about these women, or might have, right? It's not every man. <laughs> but to go back to Cotton Mather, who was a minister, His mother passed away. So, of course, he was doing the eulogy at the funeral. And he asked this question about, well, how do you weigh a mother in the balance with a father? And then he kind of flips it to, well, you know, God is the father, a man, a masculine thing. God is seen as a man. What makes this connect to what she said about that in some of the writings, there were men who were like, okay, yeah, Paul said that women can't speak or, and there are these rules about women, but, uh, we low key be getting inspired by these women at his mother's funeral. He talks about how he was surprised to find in some early writers that the Holy spirit was called the mother. And he specifically talks about Tertullian 
who uses the denomination for the Holy Spirit as the mother who is invocated with the father and the son. And Tertullian is an early Christian author or was an early Christian author and theologian at the time, the Roman province of Carthage, Tunisia, and Africa. So he, you know, he found him some Tertullian and Tertullian says, oh, the Holy Spirit is the mother. So you think of Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that there is a woman there. Uh, Well, he says he's surprised to find it, but he was kind of trying to make the point that his mother, that a mother is just as important as a father, even though the father is the infinite God, which that the mother is right there. And I was so excited to read that because uh, I am reading, I don't know if I want to call it reading or always reading because it's such a dense book and an important book. There is a book by Reverend Dr. Will Gaffney. It's called Womanist Midrash. And in there, she says the same thing because she's doing her translation of that scripture in Genesis about the creation story. And so her translation is she, the spirit of God, she who is also God at the dawn of creation, the spirit of God or she fluttered over the nest of her creation at the same time as he, which is the more familiar expression of divinity created all. So they two in one are the first articulations self-articulations of God and the God of the scriptures. So God is female and male. And when God gets around to creating creatures in the divine image, they will be female and male as God is. So that's Adam and Eve. I was reading from that. That's very eloquent speaking there. I didn't say that, but if you want to read more about this, uh, the book is called women is Midrash. This is on page 20. If you want to learn more about the trans, the correct, which Reverend Gaffney says is the correct translation of God being a woman and a man or not woman and a man, male and female. She does a better job than me. This is what she went to school for. But anyway, I found it interesting that Cotton Mather, this white man in the whatever 1600s was kind of like, hmm. I know what they say about women and I know we, God is the father and men are here, but yo, women and mothers are low key right up there. Now, of course, the status of women during that time, I'm talking about this one man and a few other men, the status of those Puritan women during that time was not the same as men. As they mentioned, they couldn't vote or well, they couldn't vote. Women couldn't vote for a long time. These white women, let me be specific about it. These white women were not able to have the same opportunities. They couldn't even be ministers, (laughs) but we're getting off track. The whole point is this quote, which is not by Marilyn Monroe has gone on to be on, as I said, t-shirts and memes and items and little credit has been given to Laurel Thatcher Ulrich. And I don't think she's making any money off of it. So I want to give a shout out to her for writing something that she probably just didn't even think. I mean, it's a very long article. And so this is one little statement. And all of a sudden, Marilyn Monroe said it. (laughs) So again, the quote, well-behaved women really make history by Marilyn Monroe really is comes from an actual quote from an article from Laurel Thatcher Ulrich, well-behaved women seldom make history. 
So let's go on to the second Marilyn Monroe quote to see the history behind that one. Quote number two, a wise girl kisses, but doesn't love, listens, but doesn't believe and leaves before she is left. Marilyn Monroe. Now I had this quote over my desk in college, <laughs> printed off. I don't remember some blog. I found it. I was just like, this is amazing. This, this is progressive. I don't know why Marilyn Monroe has all these just kind of like rebellious women quotes <laughs> attached to her. So I wanted to know, why did she say it? Did it come from a movie or something like that or an article? And come to find out, Marilyn Monroe didn't say this either, y'all. I don't know, know whether Marilyn should be <laughs> offended or happy, but look, people are taking these quotes from other women and saying Marilyn Monroe said them and she didn't even say it. I don't know what, I don't know what that's about. So let, let's figure out who said it. So <laughs> there is a book called No More Than Human. It's a novel and it's semi-autobiographical. It's by an Irish author named Maura Laverty. So the book was published in 1944. So I was doing the math in my head. I'm like, oh, well, not really. I was on the calculator. I wasn't doing it in my head. Marilyn Monroe would have been 18 years old when this book was published. And her first big movie wasn't until 1950. So I'm pretty sure she didn't make the quote. So while I, find, while I found this book, I was searching, well, maybe Marilyn said it in a movie quote or something, but no. And even if she rearranged it in some way, there is nothing that I could find, right? I haven't searched every single library in the history of the world. I haven't searched every magazine, but even the idea that maybe she read the book, I don't know, like would 18 year old Marilyn Monroe and the kind of life she lived be reading this book by an Irish author at 18, a book that I found out was like banned in some places because I think it talks about like abortion and stuff like that. I don't know. When the book was released, Marilyn Monroe was starting her pinup modeling career and she wasn't even Marilyn Monroe yet. She was still Norma Jean Baker. The book, No More Than Human, it's about an Irish woman like I said, the author is kind of about her life, loosely based on her life. She's an Irish woman who goes to Spain in the 1920s as a governess. So in the book, the Irish woman, she describes in, in particular part, she describes this saying that comes from a village where another character was born. So this is what it says. In the village where La Sarina was born, they have a saying, the wise woman kisses but does not love. She listens, but does not believe. And she leaves before she is left. And La Sarina is an older woman from a Spanish village that she comes in contact with in the book. I didn't read the book, but I got the gist of it. So if anything, it's a, it's an English translation of a Spanish quote. And I don't speak Spanish. So I would love if anybody in Spain or somebody from been to Spain and they've heard this quote, because it seems like it's way older than this book or if the author could have just made it up off the top of her head I mean she could have can't ask her now but interesting once again this is another quote where it's a slight change so the one that I'm used to seeing is a wise girl kisses but doesn't love in the book it says the wise woman kisses but doesn't love same thing listens but does not believe 
she listens but does not believe and le-. like it's the same pretty much quote that just move a couple words around here and there so Marilyn Monroe again did not originate the quote <laughs> Uh, but it's fascinating to me that Marilyn Monroe has a lot. There's a lot of quotes that I didn't get to that I'm like, I wonder if I look up this quote. Did Marilyn Monroe say this one either? I, I, it's not like she did a lot of interviews, I guess, or that would someone would pull apart a quote and say, this is so profound. We have to keep saying it. But it seems like a lot about her. People have just put it on her for saying it. And it kind of helps create an image of being this woman who is the standard of American beauty, blonde, bombshell. She's a size 12, right? That's what they say. Oh, Marilyn Monroe is a size 12. So she's a normal, she was a normal woman. You know, I don't know how the sizes were back then. Uh, whatever it is, Marilyn Monroe is just very popular as far as her image is. I wanted to do an episode of Marilyn Monroe with these popular quotes. One of one of them, which I used to believe in, I don't necessarily believe in this wise girl kisses but doesn't love, but it is still a very popular quote on Etsy and <laughs> in memes. So, hey, that's what it is. Now is the time in our episode for resources. So, of course, this would be pretty easy. So our reading resources, I'm going to post the article from the first quote where it came from. I'm going to post a link to the book. Uh, for our second quote. And also I mentioned womanist midrash. For visual resources, I don't have anything, but if you know a really good Marilyn Monroe documentary, let me know. There's so many books written about Marilyn Monroe, so many things. I don't care about her enough (laughs) to find the best one. But if you know any, let me know. I have added these resources in the description of the podcast, but you can also see a list of them on moretothequotepodcast.com. Well, that concludes our episode, and I hope you learned, questioned, and consider the things that I and the voices I amplified said surrounding today's quote. After doing those three things, I hope you come to your own confident conclusion. Don't forget to check out the resources and subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and YouTube, and rate me on Apple Podcasts, five stars. I hope you'll join me next time for another episode of There's More to the Quote.